Hey everyone, I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Scottsy Business, and today we're here with Ryan Taylor, who is the CEO of Dash. Thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, would you just like to start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure, that'd be great. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, so uh, my background, I am I come from Wall Street. Um, I have a uh, MBA from Columbia Business School. I was at McKinsey for about seven years in their financial services practice. Uh, and then I joined a hedge fund as an analyst um, covering payments and uh, fintech uh, for a multi-billion dollar hedge fund in New York. And uh, and it was in that role that I first got exposed to Bitcoin and uh, began exploring the space, uh, really got involved in the Dash project in 2014 uh, and dove in headfirst uh, in 2016 at a time when it was still a little crazy uh, yeah. to to jump ship and on, on a traditional career into cryptocurrency. Awesome. Awesome. So for people who don't know what Dash is, do you want to just give them a brief introduction to what that's all about? Yes. Yeah, so Dash is a cryptocurrency based on Bitcoin. Uh, it's based on Bitcoin's code base, uh, but it's been enhanced for the payments use case. Uh, payments are incredibly cheap. Uh, the network is far more scalable and uh, the transactions themselves confirm in one to two seconds um, and are actually respendable by the recipient. And so it acts a lot more like cash. It's, it's uh, instantaneous and, and is really the, one of the only options in the cryptocurrency space that will function well at the point of sale where most transactions still occur today. Um, so that's really what Dash has been aiming to do. We've seen adoption in a number of different areas, but uh, certainly geographically, uh, Venezuela has been kind of a, a leading market for us, um, where uh, literally thousands of merchants accept Dash as a payment method, and uh, we have a thriving community there. So Dash is really aiming to bring the promise of cryptocurrency to the world and, and have it work in the real world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just before we got on, <clears throat> I uh, I looked and saw if there was any Dash ATMs uh, located by me, and there was two uh, in my city. So, uh, do you? How many Dash ATMs are there right now, and and how many countries are actually uh, taking advantage of that? Well, last I checked, there were well over a thousand uh, ATMs globally. It's one of the most integrated uh, into the ATM networks uh, across the. The globe. Um, and a lot of it is is because of that use case that it fulfills. You can actually uh, purchase some from an ATM and use it immediately at a counter near nearby, uh, just as an example. Um, and so it it uh, it has a, a really good user experience for people that, you know, uh, at the ATM that don't want to be waiting with uh, other cryptocurrencies, you may have to deposit to the ATM and go do something for a half hour or an hour and then come back with your receipt and scan it and then it will dispense the cash. So for people that are just looking to use it for dispensing, you know, remittances or or making a remittance to someone else in another country, it's a solution that just makes a lot more sense from a user experience perspective. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um so you, you sort of touched on this, but um, would you like to sort of 
dive into the problem that Dash sets out to solve? Yeah, I, I think that um, really the, the, the big picture issue that Dash is trying to solve is usability. I think for a lot of people, this is a really powerful technology, but it's difficult to easily understand. It's not like downloading uh, a PayPal wallet or a Venmo wallet or something and uh, creating a username and instantly you're up and running and understand how it works. It's intuitive. With cryptocurrency, you're dealing with cryptographic addresses that don't have labels attached to them. You're uh, you're already dealing in a different currency uh, and um, things don't happen as instantaneously as they should um, relative to the ser centralized services we're used to using. And so overall, the, the, the strategy that Dash is following is to make cryptocurrency as accessible and relevant to people as possible. Um, one of the things that we're working on right now, and it's on a public test net, um, is our Dash platform. Dash platform, <coughs> excuse me, is, is another layer to the network, and it allows data to be stored within the network. And that brings all kinds of new possibilities to what you can do. Um, one of the first things we're doing is creating uh, usernames with that layer that allows a user to, to create a username, to friend other users, um, have them be able to accept that friend request. And now I can just pay your username. I don't need to worry about exchanging an address with you via email that could be intercepted by a hacker. I don't have to worry about repeating that process every time I want to transact with you. Um, and so uh, it, it really raises the bar on what the user experience of using cryptocurrency can be. But there are all kinds of other applications for that. You could create an invoicing app that uh, shares with the payment request, hey, uh, here's your purchase order number that you gave me to reference this particular invoice. And here's the invoice number, the bill of lading, whatever information you need to include and then have the recipient be able to respond to that request within the network also. And so all of the data flows through the network, similar to how all the data flows through an application that you, a FinTech application that you might be using. It also allows that data to sync across your devices. So I can have the same user account on my, my tablet as I have on my desktop or my mobile phone. And so, uh, you know, if I create a friend request in one of those devices, it should sync across all of them. Um, so it, it brings the best of both worlds. It brings the user experience of uh, a centralized solution with the decentralized benefits of a permissionless network like Dash. And so th that's kind of the, the vision for what we're trying to bring together. Now, you could imagine all kinds of other applications that could be built um, loyalty, rewards, offers, um, all kinds of benefits to actually switch and use it as part of your daily life. Uh, so we're, we're doing all of those things too. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, would you ever see that or, or is there any potentiality that that could evolve into something like a social media application? Well, there's actually one already being developed. It's a oh, okay. replica of Twitter and it's called memo dash. Um, you, you can try it out on, on DevNet. Uh, it actually allows you to um, 
you know, again, using your Dash username, then post messages. You can tip other users with micropayments and say, hey, I liked your post and, and send a bit of Dash their way. So uh, we're incorporating that payment and social aspects together. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, so how did Dash get its name originally? Well, I, Dash uh, is a portmanteau of, of digital and cash. So it's just those two words smashed together. But uh, I think one of the reasons the community really liked the name um, and, and uh, adopted it is because um, at the time we were rolling out a new feature called Instant Send um, that I described earlier where you know, a, a transaction can be confirmed instantly. Um, and uh, so it, 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 it evoked that as well. And that's really become our main defining feature is the speed of the network. Um, and, and it really opens up use cases that other cryptocurrencies can't address. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the development aspect of of Dash is uh, really, really promising. And I'm really excited to see how the social uh, media platform sort of builds out. And I'll definitely test that myself. Um, so can you share a little bit about the recent proposal uh, that you made for changing the block reward allocation um, to improve Dash as a store of value? Yeah, so um, some background on this. Unlike Bitcoin, one of the things we changed about it is we felt like there's more than one thing necessary for the network to function well. Uh, in the case of Bitcoin, 100% of the block reward and 100% of the mining uh, of the uh, transaction fees, excuse me, they, they all go towards mining. Um, and that's the process of securing the network. But um, there's other tasks that are important. You need legal work done. You need developers. You need uh, marketing, you need business development in order to get it integrated into services that your users will benefit from. Um, all of those things add value to Dash, not just mining. And so we wanted to incentivize all of those things. So the way that our uh, block reward is allocated is approximately 45% goes towards mining, 45% towards what are called master nodes. These are the nodes that host all of these services that we're talking about. Um, and they're hosted in high-speed, high-availability data centers um, and are rewarded for doing that. Um, and that's one of the reasons our network is scalable, one of the reasons why it's fast. Um, and then the last 10% is allocated towards what we call uh, Treasury or our proposal system. Um, this is a, a, a funding that anyone can access. Anyone is free to put a proposal up to the Dash network to say, hey, I want to do X for Dash, and here's what I'm asking for in return. Uh, this is where Dash Core Group, my organization, gets, gets its funding from. We put proposals up to the network for our ongoing uh, needs as well as one-time needs that we might have. Um, and uh, the network then votes on those proposals, and the highest-ranking proposals pay out as part of that uh, monthly super uh, super cycle or super block that pays out a, a large chunk all at once. And so in this way, Dash is able to fund itself. It's not reliant on donors. It's not reliant on a foundation. It's not reliant on ICO money. And it can change on a monthly basis where that funding is going based on need and based on who's delivering. 
And so it's a, it's a really effective way of providing for all of the things that are needed for the community to move forward. Um, now, uh, we have done reallocations in the past. The last time that we had a reallocation was in late 2015. So it's been a while. Um, and what we identified is that um, the last couple of years, Dash has really underperformed the market. Um, and in parallel with that, our circulating supply uh, has been growing at a, a, a high rate relative to our competitors in the space. Um, a block reallocation encourages certain behavior changes. And what we're proposing is shifting some of the minor rewards towards masternodes. And what that will do is encourage the creation of masternodes. Um, and it will actually remove coins from circulating supply in the process. How does it do that? Well, if you incentivize more masternodes, each masternode is required to collateralize a thousand dash as part of their masternode. That prevents any one person from controlling a large number uh, or a large share of that layer of the network. But it also has the effect of um, requiring operators to go out and buy a thousand dash. And what that will do is lower the growth rate of our circulating supply to a more acceptable number for the next few years um, until we reach a point where the emission schedule itself um, reduces the growth rate of the circulating supply naturally. So it's, it's kind of a, we're basically doing a bit of, uh, it's complicated, but we're doing a bit of financial engineering and incentives of the economics on our network in order to slow the growth rate of our circulating supply to a more acceptable level. Because if, if that growth rate in circulating supply is high, you effectively have the, effect, the same effects as inflation. It devalues the currency. Um, and that has a snowballing effect. When you see that Dash has underperformed for a while, you might see some of your users lose confidence in it and, and move on to, to other projects. And so that can have a compounding effect then. And so, what we're proposing is a very slow reallocation over the next uh, six years or so um, that will mitigate that issue for us and allow us to, to really compete on our growth. And our growth in transactions, on the other hand, is very, very high. We've had uh, double digit, triple digit year on year growth, uh, you know, quarter on quarter every, you know, for the last two years. And it's been very consistent. We've been getting adopted. But when you when you face this issue, uh, it really makes makes it difficult for us to maintain our market ranking position when it comes to market cap. So we think this will address that issue and allow Dash to kind of uh, capture the real value that we've been creating with the technologies we've been rolling out and the uh, the real world adoption we've been gaining. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you guys have you guys have definitely really thought this through. And um, to me, that's like for how from how you explained it, uh, that definitely sounds like, you know, it's looking up going forward and that that should definitely help and improve the network a lot. Um, another thing I, I, I wanted to touch on was um, how or, or sorry, why Dash from a regulatory standpoint should be treated the same as Bitcoin, because, you know, there's a lot of people who um, 
might might see differently, but I, I'd like to hear your explanation for that. Well, there's there's two different aspects that have been kind of, I'd say, the most um, interesting about Dash when it comes to regulatory. Uh, the first is uh, whether or not it's a security. Uh, and the second is uh, its privacy functions. Um, it, it's kind of well known as having uh, some privacy capabilities built into it. And so those are the two areas that we've kind of received the most questions from, say, exchanges and things like that. Uh, on the issue of the first one, um, we actually engaged with the SEC back in 2018 to explain to them our network because some of the exchanges were getting questions from the SEC at that time to say, hey, you know, there's these organizations that are funded by the blockchain, you know, why aren't, you know, why isn't this a security? And um, we went through a pretty rigorous uh, process of developing a, a set of legal arguments um, and then presenting those to the SEC. And it's, you know, it seems like they agree with us. Those questions have, have largely gone away. Subsequent to that, we got a crypto rating council rating of 1.0, which is the same as Bitcoin. It is the lowest uh, and best score you can achieve on the crypto rating council scale. Um, so I think it's very clear at this point that Dash is not a security. We never held an ICO. There is no centralized issuer. Um, you know, there, there really are very few, if any, uh, reasons why you could point to Dash being a security on par with Bitcoin itself. Um, and so I think that issue is completely resolved at this point. We don't even get questions about it. Uh, on the issue of privacy, there's been, you know, a lot of uh, noise about the FATF travel rule uh, and other things that are getting implemented and whether or not uh, so-called privacy coins can be uh, compliant with that. And one of the misnomers about Dash is that we don't have private addresses. We don't have uh, private transactions in the sense that anything is obscured. Uh, the amounts are, in, are displayed in every transaction. The addresses, inputs, outputs, everything is displayed and fully analyzable. What we utilize in our private send function is CoinJoin, which is a technique for complicating transactions to the point that they're more difficult for analytics firms to analyze those. CoinJoin is available and has been available uh, with Bitcoin since 2013. Um, and in fact, we conducted private send transactions, exact duplicates of them on Bitcoin's blockchain just to show that there's no functional difference no legally definable difference between the transactions. What Dash has done is standardized those coin join transactions. Uh, we have made them easier and cheaper to implement uh, for the user. They literally just push a button, but making something simpler or easier does not make it legally different in any way. Um, and so, you know, we've had to do a great deal of education with regulators. Uh, we engage with them regularly with regulators across the globe. Uh, same with exchanges. Uh, so it's a it's a education process to to show them that there are no legally definable differences between the transactions themselves. This does differ from other 
networks like uh, Zcash or Monero, where there are obfuscated addresses, obfuscated amounts, and other things. And they'll have a different set of challenges that they'll need to address from, from a regulatory standpoint. But we don't think there's any reason why Dash should not be treated identically to Bitcoin. In fact, Bitcoin has off-chain transactions with Lightning Network. That's something we don't support and don't. Uh, we plan to scale on-chain. And so that's that's not something that that uh, that you know is a regulatory concern when it comes to Dash. Um, we don't have certain types of coin joins like uh, Bitcoin has uh, several wallets that have Xiaomin coin join. These are coin joins that shield the information even from the coordinating server that is coordinating the transactions between users that complicate these transactions. And so, uh, you know, there's 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 not many arguments for why Dash from a regulatory standpoint needs to be treated any differently. Um, and we do have AML service companies like uh, CoinFirm, um, Blockchain Intel, and uh, recently Chainalysis now is supporting Dash. They can identify when this coin join mixing has occurred. Uh, they can appropriately risk score it, and they can even attempt to analyze those transactions uh, to determine if they can uh, narrow down the range of potential originating addresses. So there's, there's really no differences here. Um, and, and those are the arguments we're making to regulators. And, and once they understand it, I think that they're, they're comfortable that, you know, uh, there really are no regulatory differences and anything they apply to Bitcoin can just as easily be applied to Dash and should address any of those concerns. Yeah, one thing that I noticed when I tried um, testing CoinJoin with Bitcoin was that it was very expensive. So uh, how much cheaper actually is it to do it with Dash? Well, um, the uh, CoinJoin transactions themselves are free. Uh, they're, they're actually uh, fee-free transactions. Um, and there are privacy reasons for that. There's a little bit of information leakage that occurs when you attach a fee to it um, because that fee then becomes associated and, and the originating address for that fee becomes associated with the transaction itself. And so there is a little bit of information leakage there. For that reason, we don't support that. There is a separate fee that is uh, randomly taken from each user's wallet um, and that fee, I think, is 0.001 dash or something like that. And so it's about seven cents that gets occasionally deducted on a random basis from the participants to these uh, coin join transactions. And the result is that the actual fee is a fraction of a cent per per mix that you perform. And so it, it's really a negligible fee. It allows the users to gain, uh, uh, you know, a, a solid amount of, of privacy. Um, and then uh, there's a normal transaction fee when they actually go to spend their mixed funds. Um, yeah. And that's just a normal transaction fee. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that definitely sounds uh, very affordable. And uh, I think that is a very small price to pay for privacy. Um, regarding a chain analysis, does that at all undermine the privacy of Dash or or is that not an issue? 
it's not an issue for a couple of reasons. One is we already had AML providers. Uh, chain analysis just happens to be the leading one that's integrated into the most services. So this should actually enable Dash to expand its footprint in the industry um, because of the number of services that rely on chain analysis. Well, now they can open up their, their services to Dash. Um, so there's a lot of benefit there. Um, in terms of whether or not there should be concerns that uh, the privacy of Dash is somehow broken, that isn't the case. Um, you know, what Chainalysis can do for a service provider is they can identify the fact that funds are mixed. They can see on the blockchain that they're using private send funds um, and transacting using private send. Uh, now that fact will go into a number of other factors that they will analyze, including what is the amount? If the amount is $5, the risk may not be that high that there's money laundering happening here. And so um, they'll take that into account along with a number of other factors in uh, you know, determining whether or not there's a risk in a particular transaction. Um, they can also attempt to analyze um, the, tran the, the transactions themselves, the, the coin join mixing to attempt to determine the origin of funds. If you do use too few, uh, you know, have a setting where it's too few rounds of mixing and you use a lot of inputs into a transaction, uh, those transactions can be de-anonymized. And there's actually a warning presented in the wallet itself that says, hey, you're using a lot of inputs here, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Because it can have an effect on how much privacy you gain there. The way that CoinJoin works is it creates uncertainty about the origin of funds. It's not that you can't trace it back to certain origins. And if you use too many inputs, it can actually rule certain origins out. And so um, depending on the number of rounds of mixing that you have, the more the better. And the number of inputs that you use, the less the better. Um, that that's kind of a measure of the overall privacy. What chain analysis would never be able to do is de-anonymize a transaction where mathematically you can't, right? And so, um, you know, if 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 users have a high desire for for privacy, they should make their wallet have a higher setting for the number of rounds of mixing. They'll pay a bit more, but they'll get more privacy out of it. If you're just trying to keep your nosy buddy that you occasionally send, you know, settle a bar tab with, and you don't want him knowing that you've got 10 grand because you owe him a hundred bucks right now, um, then set it to two rounds of mixing and you're going to be fine. He's not going to go acquire Chainalysis's services to figure out whether or not you've got the hundred bucks that you own. So, you know, I, I think that it depends on what, what you're, you know, how much privacy you desire and what you're willing to pay. And, and you know, that, that should determine what settings you use within the wallet. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's really just, you can pay more if you want more privacy. And if you want to just use the default, it's very, very affordable anyways. <clears throat> so where do you see Dash going over the next year and then the next five years in the most ideal sense because you know obviously it's it's hard to look that far ahead in the crypto space 
Yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me five years ago where the project would be right now, you know, it'd be very difficult to guess. Um, and so I, I, I do believe in, in the uh, promise of cryptocurrency. We are getting very close to um, having Dash Platform um, move to our formal testnet. Um, we, uh, all of the functionality of Platform is there. We're really working on the security aspects of those functions now. Um, things like ensuring there are fees, uh, appropriate fees to prevent spamming, uh, being able to support light clients like your mobile device, um, you know, without keeping a full copy of the blockchain and, and the, all of those services, um, developing some of the software development kits so developers can build their own applications on Dash. All of those things are kind of uh, kind of coming together at this point, and we're really focused on these security aspects to, to make sure that all of these things can be done safely. Um, once we're there, we'll release that to mainnet. I think that'll be transformative for Dash. We're already seeing a great deal of engagement from, um, from uh, our developer community that's growing. Uh, and seeing the advantages of building things on platform. And so I think we'll see an explosion of new use cases. I think that we will uh, see much easier integration into additional merchants. Um, we do see continuous growth in the transaction counts on our network. Um, and you know we've really entered new phases of growth in Venezuela where we're starting to get major retailers we're starting to get point of sale systems that have thousands of merchants integrated into them. We're starting to see um, uh, the first opportunities to earn Dash directly in the country um, that uh, are rolling out soon. So freelancers and people of that nature that will be able to just directly earn Dash and that will help solve one of the problems of how do you acquire it in the first place? Well. If you're getting paid in it, that's the default of what you're going to go out and spend. So there's just a lot of these exciting things that are happening that I think will only grow over the next five years. Um, and, you know, just as they have for the last two, three years. And so I, I think that we're really on to some use cases that Dash can build from and develop real economies and real ecosystems around. And so that's what I'm most excited about over the next five years. And I, I really think that the money printing that is occurring right now has to show up at some point. I mean, it's already shown up in asset prices, but this is going to flow through to the value of our currency. And looking at the numbers like this week, the, the dollar is weakening. Um, we're providing a far more stimulus than say, uh, some of the economies in Europe, uh, you know, England, uh, the Swiss franc, those are going to be a better store of value than the U.S. dollar is right now. And I think when the U.S. dollar starts to see high rates of inflation, that's when I think there's going to be a real hard look at cryptocurrencies in general. And I think that rising tide is going to, you know, rise all boats, Dash included. I have lost audio on you. Oh, there we go. My bad. Okay. Um, 
so are there any other big updates in the works for Dash? Um, this is just the last question I have for you. So if there's anything else that we haven't touched on already that is in the works or set to release soon, uh, if you'd like to touch on that. Well, we do have 0.16 out on testnet right now. Um, in the near future here. Um, and uh, uh, that incorporates a lot of Bitcoin's backports, uh, optimizations, uh, new user interfaces uh, that are coming to our wallets. And so there's a, a, a large number of benefits. We didn't talk about that, but that's kind of happening right now. Um, and uh, we're excited to get that one out to mainnet. Uh, we do a major release about every six months. Um, so, uh, so this is kind of a, a big step forward in terms of performance, scalability, and a lot of other things of our network. Awesome. Awesome. So where can everyone go to learn more about Dash and where can they follow along on social media for Dash and yourself? Well, uh, I think that, uh, dash.org, our website is the perfect place to start because there's links to literally all of the different, uh, communities from Discord to Telegram to Twitter to whatever um, that you want to follow. I think that our Twitter feed is, is particularly well followed and, and pretty much everything gets posted there. It's uh, DashPay is the Twitter handle. Um, and uh, my Twitter handle is rtaylor05. Um, and, and those are probably, that's probably the best platform to, to kind of follow us. But if you prefer another platform or Blockfolio, you can follow us there. There's a lot of different places that we're, we're posting everything to make sure that it gets out to the entire community. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll definitely be joining uh, memo.dash and following along there as well. Um, so again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, all, all these updates and all this great information. I think uh, there's a lot of information packed in here that people can take advantage of and um, that they might not be able to find anywhere else. So I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. And thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on again. And I enjoyed it. Thanks for watching to the end of this video. Since you did, it would be great if you could give this video a like, comment, and subscribe to this channel. And you can find a lot more on www.beincrypto.com and you can join the Telegram community and follow along there at Be Encrypto Community. Thank you for watching.